It's time to watch your favorite TV program. Hit record on your VHS player. Tune in your NES and... everybody and welcome to another episode of Operation Retroshock. I am Alan Price, alongside me as always is... Oh me, yes, uh, me. Jedi Vent for tonight. Jedi Vent? Yeah. Right then, I'm Seth Price. Fair enough, whatever. <laughs> I always knew you were evil anyway. Well, as everybody has worked out from that, uh, it is our Star Wars special episode. Well, episodes this is going to be, so it yes, is, because there's so many of them. But um, we are joined by uh, two individuals for these episodes. The first being uh, Mr. Pixel Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello, guys. What's up? Good to have you on the show, Dan. It's great to be Um, here. (laughs) And we also have uh, Mr. Rob Bass. How you doing? (laughs) Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Sorry, 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 sorry. Let me do it right. May the force be with you, huh? How you doing? How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Jedi. Oh, dear. <clears throat> well, um, we'll get uh, stuck straight in here with episode one then. Oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> if anything positive gets said out of episode one, bar pod racing and lightsaber fights, I'm going to be very, very surprised. <laughs> but time will tell. Uh, well, do you want to kick it off then, Chris? Okay, so uh, some 16 years after Return of the Jedi was made, The Phantom Menace was released. Dan, what were your initial thoughts, you know, whenever you were seeing the trailers and everything um, from that and then seeing the final movie? Initial thoughts, incredible excitement. Like, excitement like you you, you would not believe how stoked I was for that. Being the big Star Wars nerd I am, yeah, I was was psyched. I I remember uh, getting out of school the day the tickets went on sale and me and several of my buddies went and stood in a giant line that wrapped around the theater in the middle of the day in the middle of like a Tuesday or something like that just so we could buy our tickets for opening night and I went to the midnight opening at Toys R Us and bought all of the episode 1 action figures and I bought myself a Qui-Gon Jinn lightsaber and I took it with me to the movie and <laughs> I waved it around. Yes, I was 
stoked. And after seeing the movie for the first time, I was still just as happy, honestly. I saw that movie, and I was like, how amazing was that? We just saw a new Star Wars movie. This is awesome. That that was, honestly, my initial reactions to everything. Now, of course, that changed a little bit after seeing Episode One uh, more than just the first time. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get to that, I'm sure. <laughs> so that was my initial reaction. Rob, what about you? Leading up to the movie coming out, I couldn't mark out more if I tried. It was really embarrassing. And uh, <laughs> it's, like, really embarrassing. I didn't buy the toys and lightsabers go run around the streets and nothing like that because I'm in New York and that looks stupid. But, um... <laughs> So, a friend hooked us up the very first night, like the premiere night, whatever, to go see the movie. And I took a day off of work, me and the wife go. And the film broke before the movie even started. Oh. So, we had 30 minutes of us just sitting in this theater with just <laughs> complete Star Wars. Like, I, how do you explain it? Just like, these are people in this audience scare you if you saw them at a convention because <laughs> they all smell like cheese whiz and crackers. <laughs> but but they were just the coolest people. We were quoting lines from like Monty Python, and we all knew how to, the jokes. So it was like a, a like a real good yes. clique of people. And you're sitting there with these people, and then they bring the film, and the the, the guys they're like, "All right, we're gonna skip the commercials." We all booed the guy like, "No, we want our commercials." The guy was so confused because he didn't know what to do because he's trying to do us a favor. <laughs> he's like so lost. He's like, "All right, you want the commercial?" Like, "No, no, we don't want the commercials." No. So the commercial, the, the film opens up, and it's just as George Lucas as Lucas LTD whatever, and the place erupted in a noise that I've never heard, yeah. even from a soccer game. Like it was so loud. And I was just like, oh, my God, the movie didn't start yet. And this is sick. And I was – I don't know if you ever saw that movie, uh, Fanboys. They're sitting in the movie, and then the guy turns and goes, what if this movie sucks? I looked at my wife. I'm thinking, if this movie sucks, these people are going to kill somebody. <laughs> but, you know, you watched it, and you're excited because you saw like, lightsabers. You saw all this stuff, and so you, you're, you enjoyed it. And like, like Dan said, the first initial thing is like, it wasn't that bad. Didn't like the kid, but it wasn't that bad. So that was like the initial reaction. Really overtly excited. Uh-huh. Well, um, as everyone knows, I'm a wee bit younger than the usual crowd. <laughs> so I was... Um, my parents had always had VHS for me in the Star Wars, so my, that was my first introduction to Star Wars. But um, <clears throat> I was just as dedicated as anybody to wanting to see this movie. I remember it was um, the hassle my dad had to go in to try and get tickets for one of the first showings like over here and it was absolute madness. Um, same kind of like Rob was saying when uh, the film started it just was a roar. Well there was a roar for the initial start and then there was a roar for Liam Neeson when he appeared on screen as a Jedi. Because <laughs> everybody was like one of our own has got to be a Jedi. <laughs> and, and it was just a case of um, I always take the Mickey out of it now, but I, I still love this day that it was you know, one from our country that was actually a Jedi. Yeah, not somebody beside him. Go, Why try to kill him? As has uh, <laughs> been said numerous times. And I remember getting the tr- downloading the trailer, and this was obviously before we had broadband and cable mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And we had a call waiting thing where it would disconnect your internet. So I was ninety five percent complete to get the trailer, and my dad phoned and went like, "Is everything all right, Dad? I have to go and re-download this now. It's taken me like two hours to get this far, and now I have to re-download it, and then just." watching the trailer and just going this looks so good and like you Dan um, I went to see it and I was just like yeah it wasn't bad at all and then the more you saw it the more you started picking I don't know I don't like that no, I don't like that and then I don't like that and then you're going why am I here to watch it again because <laughs> it's just like uh, 
it's just like a roller coaster ride where you're at the very top and then it's just a big slope down to the bottom. <laughs> so, um, Rob, um, if you were to cast anyone differently, um, who would it be? Or were you content with the people who were in the film? And I know you'll probably say Anakin. Well, that's, you know, you're going to give it a given, but he's a kid. If you're going to do, uh, you know, Vader as a kid, it, it could be any kid. It's still going to be just as annoying. Because <laughs> it's a little kid, and you know what? In the Star Wars universe, we—if you actually remember with the originals—you kind of got annoyed sometimes when Luke was in the first movie. Like he's all like, "Oh, why me? Well, well." He's like a whiny little kid. <laughs> Same thing with this. He's another whiny little kid, much younger. And I—I I don't care about that. Um, you know, the, I, you didn't really need too many big celebrity names. The originals didn't have it. I was okay with who was in it. I just would have got rid of the CG Jar Jar. That's the only thing I cannot stand. Get rid of Jar Jar. Dead. I don't want him. <laughs> Dan? Hello! Sparkle in our boots! Sparkle in our Oh, you... God, Jesus. <laughs> it's a pretty arky day for the early morning mansions. <laughs> My God. Yeah, see that right there? That's, that's, that's the hurt. <laughs> you know, I don't hate Jar Jar as much as everybody does. I don't like Jar Jar. But I kind of relate Jar Jar to somebody like uh, Orko or Snarf, who is just the really <laughs> annoying character that's got to be there for the little kids to like. So whatever, let him be there. At least he was only at least he only had a prominent role in this film, right? I mean, we don't have to deal with him much after this. But uh, as far as recasting goes, I don't really have anybody that I I need to recast. I guess Anakin is the only one that's kind of. You know, uh, but like Rob said, it's just a little kid. Uh, yeah. My my friends and I always kind of joke about Anakin because uh, if any of you have seen Jingle All the Way, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> no, Jingle All the Way. We watch that movie every year at Christmas because we get such a kick out of it. Me and all my friends, and every year we we watch that little kid in that movie and how terrible he is in that movie, and we always go that this right here. George Lucas must have watched this movie and said, Yes, that is my Anakin. <laughs> it's brilliant. So yeah, we always kind of joke about that. But, I mean, otherwise, I'm, I'm totally fine with the cast. I like pretty much everybody that was in that film just fine. Okay, this is going to be a bit of a running trend, but Anakin has to be up there, because the first time I saw him, I was just thinking, Sixth Sense. Just that sort of, yeah, that sort of appearance to me. It's just like he is the Sixth Sense child. Um, and uh, he was just so whiny. He was he was nearly as annoying to me as he was as Jar Jar can be, and that's uh, that's saying something. Yeah, I just <laughs> wouldn't have had Jar Jar. The kid I can kind of cope with, um, but it's just like I'm a person. My name is Anakin. I will yeah. call you whatever I want. Respect your elders, otherwise I get my lightsaber out and cut <laughs> your head off. Um, but yeah, Jar Jar Binks just. Uh, it's okay the first like five ten minutes, and then he just comes into it, and then. But I understand that they're there for like the merchandise and all that kind of stuff, and the kids are like, "Oh, my daddy, I like Jar Jar Binks." Well, and the, the girls, girls yeah. love Jar Jar, dude. My wife thinks Jar Jar is the coolest thing ever in Star Wars. So my dad I mean, actually laughed whenever Jar Jar said something. I just looked at him and went, "You do not laugh at this character." <laughs> Don't do that. Again. No. No. Bad. <laughs> Bad dad. See, my so, wife could not stand Jar Jar. That's why I love her and married her. <laughs> she was like, that thing is horrible. And I was like, I love you. That was the thing. Marry me right now. Let's do this. Let's so, do this. some 16 years after Return of the Jedi, obviously, 
uh, we've had the Yoda puppet, and this puppet that they oh, used no. in the Phantom Menace is absolutely horrible. Um, why do you think they decided not to use CGI in this, Dan? Well, I think because they they wanted to keep the puppet aspect because that's kind of what made that's kind of what made Yoda and the rest of the original trilogy so special, if you ask me, and. I know that myself and a lot of other people were really happy that they chose to do a puppet over the CGI. Mm. It's just that the puppet turned out not... I don't know what they did. Like, they they tried to make Yoda look younger or something, and it just... I don't know why they didn't make it look the way that it looked in the old movies. It looks really bad. Mm -hmm. And, of course, looking back at the... My initial thought was, well, I'm, I'm really glad they used a puppet. I don't want them to make computer animation for Yoda. Looking back now, I'm like, yeah, they probably should have just went ahead and did it the same way they did in episode two and three because it looks awful. Yeah. And I think it's really weird. Like, I know that sometimes they, they like, if you look at, like, the DVD special features and you kind of look back and they show scenes from episode one where they replace the puppet Yoda with CGI Yoda. Have you seen that? Yeah. On yeah. any of the DVDs? Uh, it kind of made me wonder if they were planning to go back and just, like, redo that in the film and release a new version of episode one. With they, the, yeah, they had talked about all that. It's it looks bad. I don't know why. It just it looks awful. That puppet. <laughs> Rob, I think yeah, I think I know why the puppet looked bad is because everything else is so Christmas CG, right? Everything's on green screen. Problem is when you have a green puppet on green screen or blue screen, it, you ever watch the Muppet Show when they try incorporated CG? It doesn't look right. It looks off. Right. You know, the puppet like you ever saw like um Fifth Element. Yeah, yeah, guys in big old stupid costumes, but it worked because it wasn't overly CG'd in the parts that had the monster guys. But when you're trying to put like a puppet in with people into a CG background, it just it falls flat because the puppet is limited to its movements. And I think the reason why they did it first out was because Yoda really didn't have a big part. So why waste that money? Because we have to animate Jar Jar for the whole movie. So I think more likely they want to spend the money on animating Jar Jar than put it on the puppet. That's what I really think happened. Or oh, they felt bad for, you know. Frank Oz. Mm. Um, for me, uh, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> the whole puppet aspect was a good idea in the sense of they wanted to try and give the throwback, but uh, it's I think it's like what Rob said is the whole idea of having CGI, and it, we're so used to CGI by this stage that you just look and you're just like that really does look bad and it looks dated, and but you can you can understand them on the day you really can and. Uh, it was a good idea for them to give it an attempt, but unfortunately it just wasn't pulled off. Okay, excuse me a minute. <clears throat> What's up this film be remembered for Gun Gun Jar Jar Binks? You just want to hurt me today, don't you? Yeah, so Rob, I'll, I'll throw it over to you, because uh, I know how much you love Jar Jar. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Jar Jar. I, I can't do this. <laughs> you know, it's just that I, what made me mad about Jar Jar just in total was the fact that how they try to say, oh, he's like the new kid's version of Chewbacca. And I'm like, no, Chewbacca was cool and could hurt people. Chewbacca <laughs> yeah. was going to shoot you with something and go and attack you. This thing was like, oh, I'm going to run away. I got the – I oh, it's just so bad. He was so – like, you know, even watching the movie, I was like, oh, God, I hope this character isn't throughout the whole movie. And then as he kept coming more and more movies, like, oh my god, this is really annoying. I love the movie. I love, of course, what saved it was Darth Maul, but haven't, I wish he could have just kill Jar Jar. I just would have been so happy. But Damn. we get stuck, we get stuck <laughs> with that thing. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything to add to that, Don? <laughs> no, not really. I don't, I mean, 
I don't necessarily think the movie gets remembered for Jar Jar, but I think a lot of people, a lot, every okay, everybody hates Jar Jar, <laughs> and <laughs> so everybody knows that this film is the film with lots of Jar Jar. So I don't know. I guess I guess kind of in a way, yes, the film does get remembered for having Jar Jar. The sad thing for me is that when I first saw this movie, I was at the appropriate age where Jar Jar was aimed at me. And I absolutely <laughs> loved Jar Jar first time I saw the movie. G-R-A. What is he, like Sorry. three? I'm trying to think of a clean word to say, but I can't think of any. So still, I will tell you later what you are. <laughs> but um, no, any time thereafter I saw that, I was just like, why did I like this stupidly insane creature? Because um, I remember getting, I was so obsessed when the initial movie came out, there was like this thing in Star Wars magazine over here that you got, it was like a wee sticky tongue thing, and it would like, you would throw it and it's like Jar Jar's head so it was so so random Um, but I just can't bear to think about it now okay I like the idea of a bite of Jar Jar yeah I kind of like that (laughs) (laughs) so is the the pod racing part and the lightsaber fight between Obi-Wan Qui-Gon and Darth Maul your favourite parts of the film Rob The, 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 the the anything with Darth Maul is great pod racing stuff could go because I felt like I was watching a video game completely for like <laughs> seven, eight minutes long. It went on a little too long for it to be in there and then you know why they put it in there because they can make a video game out of it. You kind of saw that when they were doing it. But <laughs> you, you did. You watch it going, you sit in yeah, the movie, you yeah. go, that's going to be a game. That's going to be I can't wait to play that. <laughs> yeah. As long as I don't have that kid in it, you know, it'll be great. But <laughs> the whole thing, anything with Darth Maul was really cool because you know what's always a cool character? A guy who don't talk. He's got like mm-hmm. Darth Maul had like no lines basically, also because he probably couldn't act well. But he just looked cool. Like badass characters don't need to talk; they just need to like look Boba cool. Fett. Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. <laughs> he had one. He had one line, but <laughs> that was it. Everyone loved him. Wasn't it somebody else who voiced Darth Maul? Because it was played by Ray Park, and then it was somebody else who actually voiced him. I have a funny well, feeling. I think you're right. You know, I'm, I'm not sure actually. I'm yeah, you know, sure, it was I'm like, sure it's like where he said like S Master or whatever it was, like he couldn't do that himself. He's that bad of an actor. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm pretty sure it is like a English comedian, um, who actually not That's Greg Proops. I think it is a different person who actually right? no, you, I right, hold on, you're right, you're right. That makes sense. No, actually I think you said Greg Proops, I did get right about that. No, Greg Proops did the two headed announcer thing. Oh he did the announcer thing. Yeah, that yeah. thing's not oh god. <laughs> Moving on. I think quickly. I decided I'm really hating this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Dan, would they be your favorite parts? Uh, I kind of have the same impression about the pod racing scene as Rob. I've never really cared for the pod race as much. Um, I, I do think the scene looked kind of cool, but pod racing in general is just so whatever. I don't care about it. It's not something I, I care to. It's not exciting for me. You know, it's just like any average day. NASCAR race or car race or whatever, I don't like that stuff. And even though this is with spaceships, it's still a race, and I don't care. <laughs> you know that is that's not interesting to me. Let's see some more uh, space battles, or let's see some more lightsaber fights. That's what I care about. So, yes, the lightsaber fight between Obi Wan and Qui Gon and Darth Maul was fantastic. I loved it, and at the time. We were watching that, and we we had only seen the lightsaber fights from the original trilogy. So this was like, 
unbelievable when we were watching this, you know? Watching three guys go at it at the same time, one of which had a double-bladed lightsaber, and they're, they're flipping around and kicking each other and doing these amazing stunts, and you're just like, this is the greatest thing I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> and that, that, I mean, it was awesome. And it's still one of my favorite lightsaber battles out of all of them, going back and watching that. I mean, that is absolutely my favorite part of that entire film, is that particular fight. Sweet. Um, for me, it is the whole the whole Qui Gon, uh, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul fight has to top the pod racing. But for me, I'm a big CGI freak, and I love the whole ideas of it looking so crisp and good. So I like that about the pod racing. But uh, you have to, yeah, can't go far wrong in the lightsaber fight between them all because again, we were in again the experience from the cinema was everybody was cheering on <laughs> Liam Neeson as Qui Gon. <laughs> And then the sad demise was just the whole cinema just went quiet. <laughs> so there was a whole, it was a whole, it had a whole other level to it for me. Yeah, it has to rank up there, like because that's the only reason. If I was to put on the film today, that's the only reason I would actually put mm. it on to actually sit down and watch. Um, so we're going to get your um, your th- your final verdict. So. If you were to rate um, Star Wars uh, The Phantom Menace on a scale of 1 to 6, with 1 being the highest and 6 being the lowest, <laughs> Dan, what would you rate it? 5.5. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rob? It's 7.5. It's very neat to Star Wars Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, hold on. It's worse than the holiday special? Nothing you know is what? worse than the holiday The art sings in that, and that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look. I can't sit through the holiday special. That's how bad that is. I have tried twice now to put that thing in. I'm like, I'm going to watch. I'm going to sit all the way through this. I can't do it. I can't make it through that. It is so bad. I watched that in like six times. I love that. <laughs> I think the, the, the cartoon was awesome about that. But we'll, we'll oh, the cartoon ahead. is the best part, dude. I love the cartoon, no, but the rest I of can't it, ju- oh. <laughs> I can't justify the Phantom Menace because of the fight scene. I think when, if you asked me back like in 2002, I'd be like, yeah, it's pretty good. I'd give it like a five or a four. But being all, all this other stuff we have that's related to Star Wars, it just the fight scene and nothing else in that movie. The, the Gungan <laughs> fight thing, whatever it was, with Jar Jar leading the ranks, useless. I didn't like the little Roger Roger droid guys. I thought they were annoying. Oh, that thing's so annoying. So it was like, <laughs> it loses points every time. And then you, you feel bad. Now, thinking about it, you feel bad about that movie because it's like, wow, George, you, I guess you really don't know how to make movies. You know, <laughs> I love George Lucas. And then you think, all right, he helped make Howard the Duck. It's like, yeah. wow. You know, you have to go, geez, this, you know what? There's a reason why you haven't made a movie in 30 years. Because, <laughs> okay. oh, right, no, the other movies weren't made by you. You were just a producer. Just, ah, it just, it, it, it's seven and a half. Now oh, eight. It's, it's eight. It's eight. <laughs> <I> just, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of along the same lines as Dan. I don't want to condemn it to another six, but um, it's that end of the scale. It is going to be, it's pretty close to a six. Like. Well, it's six for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Phantom Menace really fared well there. So it did. A fantastic <laughs> one to start with. Yeah, exactly. I'll so, also uh, that I don't hate the movie, but it is absolutely on the bottom of the pile of Star Wars stuff. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> so, join us after the break whenever we'll be discussing Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I will not let this republic be split in two. My negotiations will not fail. If they do, 
They aren't enough Jedi to protect the Republic. We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. You know I don't like it when you do that. Sorry, Master. I forgot you don't like flying. Well, you've lost him. If you'll excuse me. I hate it when he does that. You don't need guidance, Anakin. I see you becoming the greatest of all Jedi. The boy has exceptional skills. His abilities have made him arrogant. Excuse me. I'm in charge of security here, milady. They are using a bounty hunter named Jango Fett to create a clone army. Wait! Blast! That's why I hate flying! This is a crisis. Senate must vote the Chancellor emergency powers. As my first act, I will create a grand army of the Republic to counter the increasing threats of the Separatists. Hasn't been a full-scale war since the formation of the Republic. You must join me, Obi-Wan. And together, we will destroy the Sith. Begun this Clone War has. And welcome back from the break. It is now time for episode two, and hopefully the discussion is going to be a lot better than uh, our... It can't get any worse, in all fairness, to be honest. It cannot get any worse. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, we'll kick it off with uh, Rob. Do you think this was a vast improvement from the first... That is the stupidest question you're going to ask tonight. Like, it really is. Because, obviously, Rob is going to go, Nope, edit it. No, no. Um... The idea of the second movie, Clone Wars, has a lot going for it, just from the title alone. If you ever saw the original Star Wars, you heard the mentioning of the Clone Wars, it means like, oh my god, this is everybody's waiting for the Clone Wars. That's Everyone wants to know what's the Clone Wars, what's it about. With that being said, it's better than Phantom Menace, but there's a lot of things that really, I think, ticked everybody off about the second one. Right. What about you, Don? Uh, I do feel that Episode 2 was quite a bit of an improvement over Episode 1. I remember seeing it for the first time and just thinking, wow, that was way better than what we saw. And I got much more of the Star Wars feeling from this movie. Mm. Um, You've got a lot lot of the the early lead-ins to Darth Vader's character we're starting to show up here, and that was very exciting for me. And, you know, you've got the little tidbits with the the clone troopers showing up, so you're starting to see the early roots of the Empire and stuff like that. So all these little bitty tiny things that they're doing in this movie were very exciting for me, and that alone is what made this movie feel much, much more exciting than Episode One. Chris? Oh, yeah, miles better due to the fact that you got to see less of Jar Jar and you got to see that he (laughs) was the main reason why the Chancellor was given power because they were just like playing mind games and going like Mm -hmm. if only Senator Almodala was here and you see Jar Jar standing going ah you're to blame (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah just the fact of that and the Yoda looking so much better Mm. uh, and that um, obviously there was a whole like love aspect of it which kind of doesn't really fit in the Star Wars in my book but I just uh, that was one part of it I didn't really like but I like the fact that Christopher Lee was in it as Count Dooku I thought yeah. he was awesome in it but uh, yeah a vast improvement over the first one it definitely is it definitely is a vast improvement and uh, just it was like Dan was saying about all the wee uh, just the wee tiny bits it was nice to see it was more I think it hit home more than 
the first one and the fact of it you know, a lot more Star Wars stuff thrown into it. We saw the clone troopers and I just love the idea of saying now, you know, thinking in this you know, in the far distant future they're gonna be stormtroopers yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Um of course then uh we had the appearance of Hayden Christensen, who hmm. of course has played Anakin Skywalker. Um Rob, did you enjoy his uh portrayal of Anakin? It doesn't matter because all you care about is him dying and becoming Vader. So <laughs> whatever he's got to say, whatever he's going to talk about. Once again, I did see a lot of similarities between uh, Anakin as a teenage Anakin or whatever age he's supposed to be and Luke. So that's kind of cool because you get to see these very similarities of the father-son, which is very important. And you get that. So, yeah, he was fine. You're going to deal with it. Who are you going to get, really? So, whatever. Don? I'm I'm exactly the same way. I I like Hayden Christensen as Anakin, and I've always been one that's defended that choice of an actor because I constantly see people complaining about Hayden Christensen when those movies are coming out. People always talked about how how terrible of an actor he was, and they would say things like he's too whiny and too this. And then I would always say, Do you guys not remember Luke Skywalker? Yep. Luke Skywalker <laughs> was a whiny little jerk. I mean, <laughs> go to the Tashi station to pick up my power converters. I mean, come on. Man. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker is supposed and they're they're showing the connection between the two characters. Okay? Luke Skywalker started out as this whiny little bratty kid and then turned into an awesome Jedi Knight. Anakin Skywalker is that same whiny little snot, and that's just the way he's supposed to be portraying the character. The scene in episode 2 where he murdered all of the uh, the sand people, the Tusken Raiders, and yeah. then was explaining to Padme what he did. And, you know, you could really start to see that th- the dark side kind of, you know, take yeah. over a little bit. And then right at the end of that speech, you get the little bit of the Imperial March playing. That scene gives me chills. I love that scene. Absolutely love it. And that right there is is why I'm totally fine with Hayden Christensen being Anakin. I mean, I, I love that. That is my one of my favorite scenes in that movie. I'm very much the same because I think uh, the whole idea of I think there's even at one stage during the films I think Obi-Wan passes comment that he was similar, he was you know, kind of that sort of you know, he was trying to find himself when he was an apprentice and all that sort of as well so I think it's trying to show you this is the path to go down mm-hmm. you know, to become mm-hmm. a Jedi, they go through all the different aspects of their feelings and working out how to become the best Jedi and I think more than anything, it's Dan mentioned about people being worried about uh, Christensen's, uh, you know, acting ability and all that sort of stuff. But you could kind of you could see at this stage, even from his look, that he would have the potential later on when things started to progress and you know he would become more evil. Yeah, he would have it, the perfect look. Wasn't there talks that they were going to get Leonardo DiCaprio? To play that would have him, been terrible. Which would have been <laughs> awful. And your guy from House. Uh, the wee like blonde guy who's in Neighbours I can't remember his name Jesse something or other so yeah uh, getting a guy from Neighbours or Leonardo DiCaprio yeah that would have been ingenious but no I thought he was I thought he was good you know um, didn't have really any complaints you know as Dan says you know like he's meant to be a whiny guy and you could see whenever Padme send him whenever they're talking and saying about you know like it's my hometown you know like I know it very well and you could just see him like smirking and go like of course my ladies have to say yeah well I know better than you do but 
But um, another uh, a big thing that comes out of this movie is um, for a lot of diehard Star Wars fans is we see Boba Fett as a young boy. Um, but did anybody take a shine to his father, Django Fett? What about you, Dan? Um, yeah, I thought Django Fett was cool. I was just happy to see a Fett in the film because, like many people, I've always been a super mark for Boba Fett. You know, um, I love Boba Fett a lot, and I thought it was cool how they tied the whole thing in. Um, I, I I have mixed reactions to the whole kid Boba Fett thing because it's one of those things where sometimes it's cooler when there's mystery surrounding a character like Boba Fett and now that we've seen him running around as this little kid I mean that mm. kind of ruins that a little bit it ruins the mystique of the character but it's something that I've grown to like I like the whole idea of uh, him witnessing the Jedi you know end up murdering Jango, and of course that being kind of what feeds his his rage and decide to to grow up and be a bounty hunter just like his dad and all that kind of stuff I'm okay with that but um Jango Fett himself, I thought he was a pretty cool character in the film, and I enjoy the scene where uh, he and Obi-Wan have the fight on Kamino. I've always yeah. liked that a lot. I thought that was a really cool scene. What about you, Rob? Alright, here's my thing. <laughs> the Boba Fett character and the costume and the, the Mandalorian kind of whole mystique of what they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. you don't ever... like. They're supposed to be like a troop of guys. Like, he was like, whatever... If, if I'm remembering correctly from like all the books I've read... There was like a hump of these special forces guys, like the, the outfit. Like you never ever see that. Uh, then Django in a blue version, and then you find out he's the clone. Ah, see that's my problem. Django would be cool if they weren't trying to force him down the throat to make him cool. They like if you remember every commercial leading up to the Clone Wars, they showed Django almost every commercial, jumping and yeah. shooting guns, and like you know what. We know Boba Fett's cool. We don't need to know his dad's just as cool. No, not everyone's <laughs> dad is that cool. You know? But, like, they really went out of the way to force you to like Django. If you like Boba, you'll like his dad. And, but it really, it's not really a dad. It's a clone, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's not really like a dad. He's like, it's a mini version of myself. I will and call him Mini Fett. I will mini call him Fett. Fett. And every Stormtrooper is him. And that's kind of like, you know, I didn't like that. Because you didn't need that. I don't. I don't like the idea of the Clone Wars being that. That's one of my main problems with the Clone Wars is the concept of the Clone Wars. Is the whole idea of just cloning stormtroopers? Dumb. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I take it or leave. Personally speaking, I wasn't. Re- uh, at the end of the day, he got his head chopped off by Mace Windu. <laughs> Mace Windu for me was a better character than Jango Fett. Because he's a BMF, baby. He's a BMF. Yep, exactly. And anyone has a purple lightsaber. And goes well, like, I speaking, ha- speaking of this, our next question covers this topic. Um, this episode, we see the debut, obviously, of the different colored lightsabers. Um, Mace Windu, specifically, wielding an awesome purple lightsaber. Do you think uh, to have different colored lightsabers was a good choice, Rob? Yeah, uh, that way you could tell who's who. It's, it's the simplest Simple thing. That. You know why? Because if we, when you're younger and you're reading the, especially the Marvel comics, uh, Star Wars, if there was Jedi's, it was green, and then you had the red. It was that was it. That was the only two choices. I never understood why there was only two colors. I always thought, like you know, I guess if you also look at the guns they shot, there was only certain colors for the uh, Republic and certain colors for the Rebellion or whatever you want to call them. 
I like the idea of having different colors because the universe is a multicolored place, right? So why not have different colored lightsabers? It looks cool. And it actually made it really cool to follow, especially with the CGI now. The fight scenes are so intense. You kind of can lose track of where the characters are. Yeah. So if Mace, Mace is flipping around and doing all this crazy stuff, where did he go? Purple lightsaber. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> the only issue is if you're colorblind. <laughs> and you should, you're not allowed to watch Star Wars ever. <laughs> well, that's just me, like Dan. <laughs> Oh uh, dear! What about you, Don? Um, well, now in the books and stuff, there were multiple different colors of lightsabers before this film came out. Because I know there were some yellow lightsabers, and there we've seen, you know, even like stuff like silver and stuff like that. But that was in the Dark Horse books, right? That was the later books. Right, that was later stuff, and 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 stuff. I mean, a lot of the Jedi have been depicted with all these different color lightsabers. And then this movie came out, and I'm pretty sure George Lucas is the one that said, uh, "Nope, there's only green and blue. Jedi's only use green mm-hmm. or blue." And I yeah. think Sam Jackson actually came to him and said, "Look, I want a purple lightsaber. Yeah, you give me a purple yeah. lightsaber." And that's why that happened. Uh, I am, I love it because purple. First of all, purple is my favorite color. I love purple stuff. And I have the, uh, I even have like the uh, Force FX uh, Master Replicas purple <laughs> Mace nice. Windu lightsaber nice. in my collection. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I love it. And so I, w- I was very happy to see Mace Windu wielding the purple lightsaber. I thought that was great. I love the idea of them all having the different color lightsabers because there's the whole, I think the more modern backstory here is the fact that a Jedi kind of determines the color of his lightsaber or something. He decides when they go to create their own lightsaber the first time. They get to kind of, well, when they become a Jedi, obviously, they get to choose what crystals and all to put in the lightsaber, and then that affects the color they want. And I like the idea of you being able to do that, and you have the option. It isn't just the green and blue, but I think it is very true that it probably is the likes of Lucas that would say it is only green and blue lightsabers. Yeah, but the, on the first day of like shooting, you know, they, they obviously go there, and then they get to pick what handle yes. they want for their lightsaber, and then they'll go like, yeah, I have that. And then obviously, as Dan says, Samuel Jackson will be like, yeah, I want purple. <laughs> like, you know, like, I don't think you could get away with that with any other person sure, in the world, unless yep. you're Samuel Jackson and go like, dude, I want a purple. And we're like, yes, sir, Mr. Jackson, <laughs> we'll get that sorted right now for you. Just get the BMF initials on the bottom of the lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I Tired of these mother effing blue and green lightsabers on this mother effing movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up there for us, Dan. And also not swearing, that's much appreciated. And helpful that's, as well. That's the reason why I didn't say it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had to really think about it for a minute. Should I, I have to censor myself? <laughs> well, the next uh, question is probably going to annoy Rob a wee bit. Is, uh, it's Jar Banks again? No, it isn't Jar <laughs> It's not Jar Jar, thank you. It's in the movie. He's a back. <laughs> sparkly. The clone troopers, of course, um, as mentioned, were the big important thing in this film and the next film. Um, who has preference, stormtroopers or clone troopers? Which is better, Rob? Stormtroopers. There's no reason to have clone troopers. It's silly. <laughs> Damn. I'm also going to say Stormtroopers, mostly because I like the look of their costume better, first of all. The helmets Definitely. are cooler. <laughs> way, way The helmets better. are way cooler, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess kind of the same the same reasons as Rob. Because I think by the time they become Stormtroopers, it's like, isn't it supposed to be a mixture of clones and people who have enlisted in the M- Imperial yeah. Army? So it's like, yeah, I like that better. I'm, I'm way, I'm, I prefer that as well. Chris? 
clone troopers because they don't bang their heads in doors. <laughs> <laughs> That's messed yeah. up. They shot better <laughs> than <their> clones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's stormtroopers for me because um, it's the whole aspect there that they were well, they were the originals that you saw, you know, the first time round, and you kind of became used to them. And you kind of that was you're always your picture of the enemy and all that sort of stuff. But I have to admit, it always I can't get out of my head now that I saw this video and there's just a pile of stormtroopers in a corridor and one gets shot and he's on lying on the ground injured and he's like ah and they're like wait. Are you are you not meant to be dead? <laughs> it's just like we've never had an injured guy. <laughs> it's just like do we shoot him? Just shoot him. Just shoot him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in this, then, uh, in episode two, we see the supposed marriage of Padme to Anakin, and of course, uh, Anakin, thanks to Dooku, is sporting a robotic hand. Um, what do we think of this? Um, Dan? Um, honestly, I think this is a very important scene for this movie. Because we get to see Anakin defying the Jedi Council and marrying because he's in love with Padme. Um, which is obviously going to be a big... It's, go- it's going to be a big factor in his whole, whole downfall to the dark side. Uh, two, seeing the robotic arm... Uh, brings back that whole thought. If you remember in the original trilogy, it was said that Darth Vader was more machine now than he was human. Mm-hmm. So seeing this robotic arm was kind of the first sign of Anakin becoming more machine than he was human. He, he's already got a robotic arm now. So I think it was very important to see that. So so overall, I think that was a pretty key scene for this film, just for the storyline itself. The whole you know rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker. This this The scene was an integral scene. Cool. Rob? It, Dan's right. There's you can't really say much more than the fact that without the wedding scene, problem is with clone, with the Clone Wars, there was so much they're trying to throw in into that two-hour period that you kind of lost that love sequence, you know. So you needed to solidify how important she is to him, and the marriage scene is key. The arm losing thing is significant, like we said before, the whole combina- uh, connection between him and Luke. So you need that, you know, that cold steel, you know how. The habit to the father, yes. the habit to the son. It's supposed to repeat the cycle, but it don't. Whatever, but you need those scenes. They're very important. Cool, Chris. Yeah, um, I remember watching it with my dad, and my dad was like leaning over, going, "What's happening?" So, like, <laughs> I think they're getting married. They're not like just standing there, you know, like looking at the lovely ocean, just going, uh, "Isn't this a perfect day?" <laughs> you know. But uh, I would really advise that he doesn't put that arm around Padme in case it's like a whole day, and then it's just like metal on her skin, which just like. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite important just to see, as Dan says, you know, like him defying, you know, whenever she's saying, I thought the Jedi were forbidden to love, he's kind yeah. of justifying to her and saying like, so blah, 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 but we're kind of encouraged to love, but if you take all these like little um, corners, cut them all out, and then they basically say, hey, you're allowed to love everyone and uh, get married to them and stuff, but... It's important, but uh, at the same time, it's something that they could have started off the third film with. Yeah. And, then, you know, like him then saying to her, right, I'm off the battle now, and away he goes. That was that was the one thing for me, that um, it's an integral scene, but it just seemed a bit of a weird ending for me. Yeah. So it didn't seem a very Star Wars ending. 
you know, it wasn't you know a big dramatic. This has happened, and then off you go. But it is still important, like because um, we see just that Anakin is willing to do whatever he wants as long as it makes him happy, mm-hmm. sort of thing. And um, of course, that is expanded upon, obviously, in Episode Three. So again, same as we did with uh, Episode One. Where would you rank Episode Two on the scheme of one being the best and six being the worst, Rob? This has got a four. Four? Cool, cool. Uh, Dan? I think I'd give it a three. I'd give it right in the middle there. Chris? Uh, Trying to think. Four as well. It's hard. Mm, I'll probably... I'll sway to four. I'll sway to four. And before we go to our oh, next no, break... no. Yeah, I'll throw this at one out to you, oh, Alan. Great. Here we go. So, um, who has trained General Grievous in the Jedi arts? And these two are probably going, nah, I know that, that's easy. Dooku? Dooku? Yes, it is. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> hey, we all win. <laughs> wait, wait, is this the uh, Triple Pursuit for Children? <laughs> it is, yeah. Oh, oh, that's a challenge, Chris. That's a challenge. Yeah, you ought to see some some of these. Um, they're quite funny. Like my um, answer is always Wookie from now on. In. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Actually, oh, um, is it right if I ask you guys one question? Sure. Just throwing it out there to all of you. When you when you first were watching the original movies, you heard the na- when uh, Obi Wan talked about the Clone Wars. What were your like growing up and you? thinking about it, we never really saw much of the Clone Wars too much. What were your ideas of what the Clone Wars was supposed to be before we actually got it? Hmm. Anyone could throw that any answer. Anyway. Uh, a whole bunch of Spider-Man running around, like the Scarlet yeah, Spider. Right. The Scarlet Spider. I just pictured it more being in space than anything. You yeah. know, like more yeah. like a grand, you know, like battle with TIE fighters, you know, that kind of thing. But I pictured it more uh, than what happened, you know, with them all like uh, helping them each other out, and then like coming out in the gunships, and then helping Padme and all that guff, and it, it, it wasn't really what I thought it would have been, you know. Whenever yeah. so, I was just like, yeah, kind of. Uh, you always you always get the picture built up in your head, and you're just like, yeah, yeah this will be this, and it'll be cool, and then you're just always let down that wee bit too much. Yeah, as long as it wasn't clones of Jar Jar, and it well, would have been fine with Jar-Jar that. Cause then the, yeah, because then the Jedi's oh could have all decapitated, and that would have been fine. See, that's why the big deal with the whole I thought the whole Clone Wars were not going to be the Stormtroopers, though more they, they clone Jedi's. That was mm. my whole thing. I thought they so it made such a big deal, the Clone Wars, and the Jedi's getting involved. I thought they were cloning Jedi's. I thought that would have been different or better, mm. in my opinion. That's always something I, I was like, wait, it's just the guys who get shot in all the movies easily. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll head the break here and we will come back with episode three. See you after the break. The dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. The Council wants you to report on all the Chancellor's dealings. That's treason. We are at war, Anakin. Very dangerous putting him together. I don't think the boy can handle it. I don't trust him. I need your help, son. I'm appointing you to be my personal representative on the Jedi Council. You're on this Council, but we do not grant you the rank of Master. 
What? Obi-Wan and the Council don't trust me. Learn to know the dark side of the Force, and you will achieve a power greater than any Jedi. You're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? Every single Jedi is now an enemy of the Republic. Do what must be done. Do not hesitate. Show no mercy. Who could have done this? Twisted by the dark side, young Skywalker has become. I feel so helpless. You are the chosen one! Okay, and welcome back from the break, and now we're going to discuss episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Which isn't Revenge of the Jedi, but it's Revenge of the Sith. See what you did there. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like, obviously they couldn't think of anything better to call it. It was just like, remember we're going to call Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Jedi, and then we find out, after some fans got irate and said, Jedis don't have revenge, how about we have Sith and Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, or how about I we call it... I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. When they announced that name, Revenge of the Sith, I was like, perfect. Absolutely. It was, a, it was the one that made the most sense out of all yeah. three of them. It was just like, Attack of the Clones, meh, Phantom Menace, what? <laughs> and although, and now I just, because of Family Guy, I now just go, what the Phantom Menace? <laughs> so, um, it'd probably be uh, an easy bet to say this, but Alan, out of the three prequels, was this the best from start to finish? Oh yeah. <laughs> you cannot deny it. Like, the... Everything in this just stood out, I think, uh, above the rest. Um, obviously, we will get to it more later, but you have to mention the whole fighting at the end and the like. But uh, you had the whole idea of the twisting and turning with Anakin about his, you know, trying to be pulled to the dark side by Palpatine and that, and the whole thing with Mace Windu. That sort of stuff, that kind of being the defining point in this movie, where we now get ready to tee up for Vader. Okay. Dan? For sure. It's it's definitely the best of the prequels. And, I mean, I, I like this movie so much that it's it's even up there with, you know, some of the original trilogy stuff for me. I like that one. I like this one that much. Rob? Yeah, uh, of all the prequels, you gotta admit, this is the best. Yeah, I think as Alan says, you know, from start, I've I really love this film, and as Dan says, you know, like I would rank it up there pretty high with some of the prequels. But just seeing so many of the like little touches and things like that, you know, um, whenever you well, we'll touch on it later on. But just some of the things that they put into the film, but I just mm. loved it. And then just seeing, you know, like certain things you didn't expect to happen happen, but again. Later on, so Rob, we see the turn of Chancellor Palpatine to the Emperor more in this episode, and giving Anakin reason to side with him. Apart from Vader, would you say this is the best villain? Well, first of all, in all the Star Wars universe, you know the Emperor has always been the the character, the one everyone was afraid of, and I like them finally becoming the Emperor. You need him to be the Emperor. You see him playing both sides; it kind of seems like a schemy old guy. 
uh, mm-hmm. creepy guy just trying to be like, ooh, I'm going to play both sides. But once he just takes over, becomes the emperor, and the metamorphosis into that, he is like the defining bad guy. Works so well. Okay. Don? I, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. He is... The, the whole scene where he... Uh, motions for them to cr- make him the emperor so he can, you know, because the Jedi are these terrible, terrible people, and look what they did to me, they've scarred me, I motion you make me the emperor, and everybody starts cheering, and oh man, that is so cool, and you just see, you know, that it, all of this, this scheming and playing both sides, how all that he's been doing this whole time, how it has finally all come together in his favor, and he's now like this all-powerful ruler of the of the galaxy or whatever, oh, that is so so cool. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think this has to be fairly up there, like because I think it's nearly as big a transformation as we see Anakin to Vader, mm-hmm. because there's the whole idea again. I mentioned the whole Mace Windu scene. I'm given the reasons, you know, help me and that. But it's the change in the viciousness comes into the voice. Yeah, unlimited <laughs> power. Exactly, <laughs> and it's that sort of style. Where he then goes on and you know wants to become emperor, that it's just you see, just bang, it's kicking off, and I love this. I just love it. Yeah, just the way he drops certain things, like yeah. whenever he's sitting in his like chamber thing, and you see Miss Windu and a couple of these other like yeah. Jedi's, and then he just Epic. goes, uh, you know, your time at his end. You just see him get his lightsaber from his sleeve, yeah, and then just goes like, yeah, well, kind of, we'll see about that, and then just him fighting. Uh, Mace Windu was um, quite good as well, but as, and then whenever obviously Anakin's told, you know, stay at home, don't be bothering the grown-ups while they're playing, <laughs> and then he like runs in and um, obviously he's too he preys on his emotions by saying, you yeah. know, like oh, I have the power to save the one you love, whereas you know he knows about it and Mace Windu doesn't, and then just lops off his arm and says, what have I done? And, then we see the transformation to Vader, but um, obviously we knew that the clones were going to become the stormtroopers and stuff. But Dan, did you like the way that the clones turned on the Jedi? Yes, yes. Order sixty six. That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember thinking, like, well, how is this all gonna? even come to play? How are they going to turn to the stormtroopers or whatever? And then finding out that the entire time they've been built with this command in their head that, you know, one day when, when it was time to initiate Order 66, they just it just clicks in their head and they know what they've got. That is so cool. And that's something I never even thought of before. So when, you know, once once Palpatine realizes, well, now's the time. You know, I've, I've got Anakin. It's This is it. It's time to do it. And he unleashes Order 66 and you just see all of those clones say, Okay, here we go. And they turn around and just start blasting the Jedi's <laughs> completely unexpected. It's just like, oh my god, this is terrible but so awesome at the same time. <laughs> you know? I thought it was very exciting and a really cool thing. And it's it's kind of an emotional part of the movie, you know. You just you just start to see this whole downfall of the side of good and the rise of evil and it's just it's it's such a cool moment in the film. Rob? You know, it's it's funny. You sit there you watching the movies back to back and going Oh, guys, you you know it's a stormtrooper, right? You, don't trust it. Don't, it's like yelling at the screen going, don't trust it. Please don't. Oh, you see, you got what you got. You deserve that. It's, it's, like this, it's really funny. It's like there's like that little one little line of command, and then all of a sudden, all right, now we turn on you. It's like goes to show you that they're not really human. They're not. Right. 
They're right. completely subservient, and that's what you want. And that's that's the whole thing. Emperor just played everybody. That's the reason why he became so powerful so fast. And oh. it's necessary. The, it is the perfect idea of the clones can do as you wish. And uh, the whole thing that stood out for me in the whole Order 66 thing was, and it kind of harps back, and it was the first kind of picture I got of these guys are really going to turn into the Stormtroopers was the scene towards the end of 2 where you see them all lined up and then you see the ships in the air and they're just like oh dear (laughs) Um, but for me a big part of the turn in Order 66 apart from obviously seeing the likes of the Jedi getting gunned down and that is Organa trying to help out Mm-hmm. Try and get, and so it is. Yes, exactly. Just it was a nice we added dynamic mm-hmm. to the fact of there were still people trying to just get, you know, even one or so yeah. Jedi's out of there to help out. But it is, it was a great wee part of the film. There's one thing I absolutely love about whenever he says, whenever the Emperor says, you know, like execute Order sixty six, is the music. The music mm. is absolutely fantastic for that. Just whenever you see like the, all these Jedi in the different uh, different parts of the world, different parts of the universe, all getting shot down and stuff, mm. and just you know, it, it pops up. You know, execute Order sixty six, and then just shoot one of them, and he flies in the building, blows up, and just the music for me was a real integral part because again, it's something that like whenever you see Yoda, you like clasping it at his heart because there's so mm. many of the Jedi dying and then obviously mm. he knows that something's going to happen but just the music for me was just absolutely fantastic um, so Dan, obviously we knew um, what was going to happen in the end you know, with Anakin turning into Darth Vader and etc um, but was it a pleasant surprise with how the loose ends were tied up you know, like uh, Obi-Wan getting Anakin's lightsaber um Although, whenever I think, as a friend of mine said this to me yesterday, and this all I have in my head now is whenever Padme dies, all I can I think of is Dr. Ball going, She's lost the will to live! From Robot <laughs> Chicken, that's all I can think of. But did you enjoy the way the uh, loose ends were tied up? I, I did. I thought it was all really cool, because I just remember watching that whole scene and going, Oh yeah, oh there's that. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's how that's how you know, I was <laughs> yeah. such a nerd about the whole thing. Um yeah, bringing up the Padme thing, that is one of the things about the film I always thought was a little goofy. You know, she's lost the will to live. Well, yeah, that happens to people, but do they really just die from it? Especially <laughs> when especially when they just had two kids? I mean, wouldn't that be a will to live once you've got kids now? I mean, there should have been something else there. Like, I don't know, Anakin choked her, you know, really hard right before that. Why couldn't they say she died of complications from that? But looking past that, yes, I do like all the little things that they did there. Like, uh... Obi-Wan picking up Anakin's lightsaber that he eventually hands down to Luke. I thought that was really cool. Uh, although although we do always kind of... Another thing we always kind of joke about is, you know, how episode four, he, he says, this is your father's lightsaber. He wanted you to have this. Mm-hmm. I always go, wait, so uh, he got... I want you to give this to my kid out of, I hate you! <laughs> but what he said, okay, yeah, but what he said to him was true from a certain point of view. Uh. (laughs) what about you Rob Um, all the loose ends tied up pretty cool Uh, my favorite loose end was when the babies are born Leia's eyes are open so she actually sees her mother and later on when she said do you remember your mother she's like yeah I have an image of her that was a cool little like oh Oh, crap Leia's got her eyes open she's the only baby that does that is nuts 
I never even noticed that. That's really cool. Yeah, I that's. Know. I know. I was sitting. In, I sat in the theater going, "Oh crap! The baby's eyes are open." I was like, <laughs> like, like, "She's dying here." So like, how does she remember her mother? Right? They tied that right. up. Um, that's a really important one. Uh, though, yeah, you're right about the whole lightsaber thing. Like when he takes off with the lightsaber, I'm like, "Oh, what a yeah, it's pretty scummy." Like he just <laughs> runs up with his yeah. lightsaber and lies to him. Like, like, "Hey, your dad wanted you to have this when you became older." <laughs> No, not like, please help me, I'm on fire. <laughs> I'm supposed to be compassionate. I, you know, no, he just beat me up to, no, nah, we'll let that go. But um, th- th- those little loose ends are really cool. Uh, wiping away C-3PO's brain, uh, that you needed oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. C-3PO yeah. No. Also, what's really cool is no one understands R2, so it's okay if he kind of knows stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, that's, that's fine. That's the thing I was going to say is, it's nice to know when you when you watch the later movies, well, later in the Chronicles and all that sort of <laughs> stuff off it, um, that you know that R2D2 has a memory of it, mm-hmm. even though no, well, even though you know Luke can kind of understand them, he just has it in the back of his memory of all this happened, and C3PO has no clue at all. all right. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of cool too because you notice in the original trilogy how R2 is always the one that's you know. He's right there to make sure things are getting done. You know, he, you know, three PO is constantly chasing him around, going, "What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop that!" <laughs> and R two's, R two's at it because R two's witnessed this entire thing. He knows everything that's going on, and and that's kind of a cool thing to think about once you actually see this happen in this movie. I like the fact that um, what's I going to say that um, obviously um, Liam Neeson was meant to be in this movie, yes. but then he's he blurted it out that he was going to be in it so obviously George Lucas went like you're not going to be in it so whenever Yoda says to Obi-Wan you the know, deleted like, scene yeah he, he says like um, I've got in touch with your old master you know uh, learn to communicate um, I will teach you and I always lo- I just love the way the film ends with Obi-Wan passing the baby to uh, passing Luke to Baru and then mm. Lars just stand there watching the two oh yeah uh, sons, I just thought that I was just sitting there, just going like because that was one of my favorite scenes throughout any of the films. Is just whenever Lucas stand there, just looking in the distance, and then just seeing that was just like that's really cool. But yeah, as you know, like obviously picking up the lightsaber and doing that, and then you know the Emperor obviously turning um, just the the way his skin is, and yeah, just uh, as well just the noise whenever you see, hear the. How much is going on the Darth Vader? Yes. And then you just hear the, you just hear him exhale. It's the it's the squeak of the last yeah, bit of air. But one thing that was, you didn't need the. No, <laughs> you did not need that. No, that was that. really weak. Yeah, you just did not. <laughs> Nobody need that. likes that. Because no. that was that was the thing about that was the fact uh, at this stage he was meant to be unremorseful. He was meant to not give a damn, and then he we just bothers to ask, and he's just like, oh right. That's well, I think I think that was kind of it right there. I think that was the ultimate death of Anakin Skywalker. Mm. When when he gets up and he asks where Padme is, and Palpatine tells him that he killed her. I think that was it. You know, he he screamed no. You know, and as goofy as that is, it's not like that's <laughs> the it's not like that's the only time we've heard somebody scream that in a Star Wars movie. Exactly, exactly. Um, um, but you know, everything starts shattering and breaking around him and all that. I think right there, that's the ultimate death of Anakin. That's where he became Vader. So I think, I think the good thing about that scene where you see everything exploding around is it shows you a hint at 
the power that you can see that Vader will have. But you see the Emperor smirking as yes, well. Yes, the smirk. So like, yeah. oh, I've got you in my hands now. Yeah, but but uh, obviously the end fights were terrific. You know, there were so many going on and stuff. Dan, what would be your favourite fight? Would it be um, Palpatine against Yoda or would it be Obi-Wan against... Um, Anakin. I was going to say Luke there, which would have been interesting. <laughs> That'd have been weird. Yeah, Obi Wan and Anakin. It was my favorite. It was definitely my favorite. Um, it was just really cool and exciting all the way through. Uh, mostly, I like the dialogue at the end. The dialogue at the end, where they're kind of, you know, the whole part where he picks up the lightsaber. That whole scene right there. I mean, I guess one of the goofiest parts that I know a lot of people tease about is the. Uh, don't do it, I've got the higher ground. And then he jumps and he just cuts off three of his limbs in one swipe. But, but you know, I still really enjoyed that fight, and I thought it was really exciting. It was one of those fights that, you know, we've all been waiting to see for so long, because we knew it happened, and we've been waiting to see how it happened. And it was just, it was really cool. I really liked it. Rob? See, you want to give it to the um, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Like Dan said, you have the whole fight and the whole upper ground. What I liked about that, the whole time he's fighting him, Obi-Wan's still trying to help him because he's not thinking mm, clearly. Yeah. That's yeah. what he says. Look, I got the higher ground. If you attack me, I'm going to hurt you. This is what's going to happen. That's really significant. But for me, I felt the better fight scene was with Mace Windu and with the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that just seemed way more vicious. Because I guess because we already expected with the Obi-Wan and Anakin, you want to see it. I just felt what killed it was the and very end as he's walking away and then the little lava burns and he sets himself on fire it's like wow it's like I really thought Obi-Wan was really going to be doing all that damage I expected that reason why he gasped for air with a mask is because Obi-Wan did that to him it really was a nasty nasty fight and when you watch it there was too much I'm not going to say it's too much dialogue but there was so much they were saying between each other because they, they're supposed to but I felt that it was a little bit too much dialogue and the fight scene just was them fighting, jumping, fighting, jumping, and then that one big I whack, 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 and you're on the floor. That's why I felt the the the, the Mace Windu fight just seemed more vicious, just a more of a constant back and forth, and they really fought real hard. It was oh. nasty. So much, so much, someone changed. That's why. Sorry. <laughs> For me, yes, the, you know the Anakin and the Obi Wan fight stands out, but you mentioned the whole Yoda and the Emperor fight. It's maybe not the fight itself or what happens in the fight, but for me it's the story behind that fight and that Yoda has to flee. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he has to leave and, you know, he loses his robe and all that sort of stuff and he's scurrying through the vents and all that sort of stuff and that's where he meets Oregon and Oregon yeah. takes him away. Um, I think that just puts a whole definition in this part of the story is Yoda has felt he has failed. He's felt feels he's felt... Um, he feels that he's um, failed the Jedi Order and that sort of stuff, so he has to go into hiding. It wasn't really a fight per se. Yeah. But when, no, yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to say my pick is whenever Anakin's in the Jedi Temple and the younglings come out and you just hear him <laughs> ignite the oh, lightsaber man. and you're yeah. just like, I was sitting there going, w- I did not expect this <laughs> to happen whatsoever. And that was one that I was just like... Thankfully, you didn't see them getting massacred. But, Daisy! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the holographic um, projector afterwards, they have like a little hologram. You do see them yeah. all whacking and flying around. So you yeah. do kind of see something, but not... Yeah, you know, yeah. And then the one that, uh, whenever Bail Organa comes out, the one that's standing there fighting over a yes. couple of them, that's George Lucas's son, Jet, apparently. 
That's mm-hmm. right. He put his son to be murdered right in the whole home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you ever betray me, my son, then you shall die by my hands. <laughs> so, uh, Rob, uh, regarding this episode, is there anything really you would have tweaked or changed um, slightly? Um, just the fight scene with Obi Wan and Anakin. Just I was wanted to be more dynamic, a little more vicious. I just felt that was he was still trying to be more of a father figure. And it came off like it worked good. It's nothing wrong with it. I just felt that it should be a little more harsh. And then his sadness as he's walking away for what he did to him would be great if it just was more damaged. That's all. It's a little bit worse. Don, um, my only change is, is kind of what I mentioned earlier. I just I wish they would have given a, a little bit of a different reasoning for why Padme died. Um, <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> Otherwise, it's perfectly clinically reason. <laughs> she yeah, died yeah. because she just didn't want to live. She got tired. She just probably no, she didn't want to do it anymore. She, she was, she's lazy. She's a very lazy woman. <laughs> she wasn't getting any child maintenance. That's what it was. <laughs> she was mad about that. Wasn't yeah. a public rule on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> huh? it, it's, it's a wee bit like what Rob was saying. Is the fight? It should have been more straightforward. It should have been. It's a fight. They're fighting for their lives, not a back and forth conversation. I'm trying to save you, Anakin. It's you can but see the then point. You are truly lost. I know that, but I am <laughs> lost already. <laughs> but um, it is a case of uh, Obi Wan was should have been fighting for his knife, not you know chatting yeah. away. He <laughs> make it sound well, like he's just standing there with like a, well, a stick, stand, leaning on a stick. Well, like, nearly well, is. Anakin, how are you today? Well, I see you've got some anger in your eyes. Don't forget, though, later on, he does say you were the once the master, and I was the student, you know, and now we switch roles. So you got to let it go that he's not as good, so it kind of, you know, it's, it should be a little bit better. That's all. Hmm. I agree with that. So, uh, rounding up then, where would you rank this in the top six? Dan? Uh, okay, quick question. Are we supposed to be ranking these in order of how we like the films, or are we just supposed to be, like, r- ranking them... Just ranking them a number, then, one to six. No, nope. yeah, thank God. Okay. <laughs> one, one, yeah, I know, right? I know, it's way too hard to do that other way. Okay, one being the best, six being the worst. Yeah. I would probably give this one a two. Okay. Rob? Uh, this is, like, a three. Two for me. Yeah, two for me. And, Alan, if you want to give, uh... This, you find a question for yes. Mr. Bias? Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sadly not. not. Okay. Sadly not. No. Um, right, what color it. eyes? What color eyes does Jabba the Hutt peer out from? It, what color is eyes? Yeah. Yes. That's the way the, uh, the question is actually green. worded. That's the way it is in the card. Um, I'm, I'm thinking it's like a greenish yellow. Green. It is orange. <laughs> well, green, yellow equals orange. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, get, I get it by. <laughs> we'll give you half a point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, so I've never paid attention to nobody's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should see some of the questions, like how many blasts did the Millennium Falcon get whenever they, they took off from Mos Eisley? It's like, whoa, 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 whoa! Hail the bus, Chris! Hail the bus! Don't reveal it. If you want to find out the answer to that question, you'll have to tune in to the next episode of Operation Retroshock with yours truly, Alan Price, my co-host Chris Fint and our two guests, Pixel Dan and Rob Bass where we will discuss the final three episodes in the Star Wars saga and a few other wee things. So, we'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>